You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. Where to start this morning? You know, it's, it's always about this time of year when things seem to accelerate. The calendar just fills up and there's much to do. Not only the things of our everyday life, but also all the things that go with Thanksgiving and the Advent season and Christmas. New Year's, it's all about to be upon us. Next Sunday is Laity Sunday. The Sunday that uh, I come back, the 26th, is Christ the King Sunday. And then the next Sunday, the first Sunday in December, is Advent 1, the first Sunday in Advent. So there's not much time for us to prepare our lamps, as it were, for the coming of the Christ child. In our epistle for today, Paul writes in his first letter to the church in Thessalonica, in the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 1, going through 11, He writes to that church encouraging them to stay awake and to stay sober. Listen to what he writes. Now as to the periods and times, brothers and sisters, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord is coming just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let's not sleep as others do, but let's be alert and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let's be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation Through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you also are doing. Like a thief in the night. That's an interesting analogy, isn't it? 
never expect the thief. But you want to be ready just in case he comes, correct? Paul tells us that the Lord will come like a thief in the night. But just in case we don't want to take Paul's word for it, Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Maybe Peter and Paul aren't convincing enough. So the apostle John writes in Revelation 16, 15, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. Well, maybe Peter, Paul, and John aren't enough. Sounds like the Beatles. Maybe they're not enough. If those three aren't enough, Matthew says in 2443, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. So with all of this foreknowledge that the Lord's coming will be as sudden as a thief in the night, there should be no surprise to any of us believers. But for those who aren't ready, Paul says that when we think all is peaceful, and all is secure and all is right in our world, suddenly he will appear and there will be no escape for those who are unprepared. Paul spends a lot of time on, uh, and a lot of effort on this idea of preparedness, doesn't he? Isn't that the Boy Scout motto? Be prepared. Be prepared. He doesn't want any of us to be caught napping, to be caught unaware. And so he pleads, he implores, two simple pleas, really, stay awake and stay sober. See, I don't think that I need to deal with the question of when this is all going to happen. No one knows except the Father when Jesus is coming again. But Paul says, you know, as well as I do, that the day of the master's coming can't be posted on our calendars. He won't call ahead and make an appointment any more than any other thief in the night would call ahead. About the time that everybody is walking around complacently congratulating each other that we sure do have it good, don't we? We can take it easy. Suddenly, everything will fall apart for those people. It's going to come as suddenly and as inescapably as birth pangs come to a pregnant woman. You go to bed, everything's fine, and you're woken up as you go into labor. Paul says, the difference between us and believers is that we are not in the dark about this second coming of Jesus. How can you be taken off guard by any of this that's going to, trans that's going to transpire? Because 
Paul says, we are sons of light. We are daughters of the daytime. We live under wide open skies and we know where we stand with Jesus. So let's not sleepwalk through life like those unbelievers. Let's keep our eyes open and be smart, be prepared. Paul says people sleep at night and get drunk at night, but not us, not us believers, since we're creatures of the day, we act like creatures of the light. We walk out into the daylight, sober, dressed up in faith, dressed up in love, dressed up in the hope of our salvation. Paul says God didn't set us up for an angry rejection from God, but rather for salvation by our master Jesus. He died for us and his death triggered life for us. Whether we're awake with the living or asleep with the dead, we're alive with him, Paul says. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll be all together in this faith that we walk out. No one left out, nobody left behind. And Paul reminds us, I know you're already doing this, church. Be encouraged to keep on doing it. See, sometimes we get complacent even as believers, don't we? Because life in this world can be a distraction. And so he says, stay awake and stay sober. How do we stay awake? Paul isn't saying here that we have to stay up all night, every night, not physically anyway. He's saying that we have to be mentally and spiritually awake and alive, abiding in Christ. Staying awake and alive in Christ means staying on your spiritual game daily. What does that entail? Well, reading and studying your Bible, attending church and Bible study regularly, being a part of the fellowship and life of the church, the body of Christ, staying engaged in your faith community and not allowing anything, and I mean anything, to take you out of the regular fellowship and communion of your community of faith. See, when we allow the pulls and distractions of the world to take us away from worship, away from communion, from fellowship, from study, from service to the community, to our neighbors who are in need. When we allow the world to pull us out of church for any more than a time or two each year, we run the risk of having our senses dulled, our priorities hijacked, our communion and our communication are cut off. See, the thing we need to recall is that we're called to be Christians in community and in communion with one another, period. Anything else is liable to lull us into complacency, to lull us to sleep, into that false sense of security that all is right with the world in which we exist. And that, my friends, is a lie from the pit of hell. 
This is a fallen and broken world in which you and I are moving and living and having our being. We need to elevate our spirit and our soul out of it daily by being in constant touch and constant communion with Jesus Christ, our Lord. And in fellowship with other believers who can encourage us and lift us up, even when we're not capable of lifting ourselves up. Has that happened to anybody you know lately? It happens. And you need your community of believers to support you when it does. Because the powers and principalities of this dark world want you to feel complacent. They want you to be distracted. They want you to separate yourselves from the flock so that they can devour you like a wolf. They want to cut you off from the safety of the herd like a gazelle and then spring on you and destroy you like a hungry lion. That's what they do. And so Paul is reminding us, stay awake and stay sober, stay alert, stay focused, stay connected and involved with your community of faith. And the second thing that Paul asks of us is to stay sober. How do we stay sober? Paul isn't talking about abstaining from the consumption of alcohol to the point of drunkenness. He's warning us to not allow the distractions of the world to dull our senses, to steal our wits, to depress our souls. There are many things in this world that dull our mental awareness. What kinds of things in this world trend us toward foolishness? What kinds of things in this fallen, broken world depress our souls? What drink, what drug, figuratively or literally, are you addicted to that affects you negatively? What addiction do you struggle with that takes you out of the life of the church, out of the fellowship of believers and then wears on you constantly, little by little, gradually taking over your conscious thoughts and redirecting your worship time to other activities, intercepting your time studying God's word and causing you to do things that are far less healing, far less constructive, far less creative, far less than you were created and purposed for. See, addiction is something we all struggle with. And all of us are addicts when we look for our salvation from anything other than, as Paul writes in Philippians 4, 8, when we look for our satisfaction from anything other than whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, we are to find our sobriety in things such as these so that the God of peace will be with us. And so what's the point? Here on November 12th, 2023, from Paul's letter. 
Staying awake and staying sober, being aware that Jesus is coming again requires of us a new dedication, maybe a rededication. I want to encourage you to make a new commitment this Advent season, which will be upon us in the blink of an eye. Since we know that Advent is about getting ready for the coming of the Lord, I want all of us to rededicate ourselves to this community of faith, to the fellowship of believers that is practiced here, to the worship of God here in this holy place set apart from the world. Now, if you're here this morning, then you're probably one who is almost always here on Sunday. And for those of you regular Sunday attendees, I want you to prayerfully consider encouraging your unchurched neighbors and friends to join you here one Sunday. I know it's hard because you have to walk across the street or next door to accomplish this. And, and trust me, I'm, I'm speaking to myself because I have a neighbor that has moved in across the street Six months ago, I don't even know their name. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel it. That, that tinge of, wow, this is speaking to me. Encourage those who we haven't seen in a while to rededicate themselves to regular attendance. And let them know that when they are not here they are missed just as a part of our body is missing. I want you to consider engaging in this community of faith in a way that you have not done before or haven't done recently. Now, I can't say come to Bible study on Wednesday because we won't be having a Bible study until after the new year. But I can say participate in the prayer ministry because Brenda sends that out faithfully every Sunday after church. Do you open it and read it? Do you see who needs prayer and are you actively praying for them? I can encourage you to be a presence at the events and the ministries of the church. Commit to being a part of a class meeting and a band group when they begin in January. Be present in a way that causes you to engage more deeply with your community of faith. Adjust your priorities to make God number one and your faith family a close second. That's asking a lot, I know. It is. We're busy people. But I've always been taught all my life, if you want something to get done, ask someone who's busy. Because busy people know how to prioritize. Busy people know how to get things done. Busy believers know what is priority one. Always God, 
always first and center. That's where we put him, and everything else falls into place accordingly. See, I want for all of us a, a healing from our addictions this Advent season. A healing from our addictions by turning away from those things and turning to a new dedication to the life of the body of Christ. The life that only exists when we abide in Him, when we are in Him, about Him, for Him. The only solution, the only remedy, the only treatment that's effective for an addiction is a rededication to a life in Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.